With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I can't let it slide. Welcome to New Mexico Black Rifle Operators Union. I'm your host, Sean. So I woke up this morning after recording the podcast that just dropped. That was about one of the cool new things from Gym Tech at SHOT Show. And until I get far enough in the 2A community to where I can actually get invited to SHOT Show or pay my way to get into SHOT Show, because I'm still not sure how exactly that works... Um, I have to rely on other people that get to go there or have access that I don't have. What I saw this morning comes from Tim at Military Arms Channel, which is a kick-ass thing. Smith & Wesson is releasing a 5.7 pistol. That means that there are now four on the market, with Smith & Wesson being one of the biggest manufacturers in the gun world with one of the biggest followings in the gun world because of their brand, because of what they do, because of the American heritage, because they don't make crap, they now are going to enter the 5.7 market with an M&P. Now, if you like the M&P, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool. Me personally, I'm a fan, but I don't own one. I had... um, their little nine shot or eight shot, I think it was the shield. Okay, the nine millimeter shield. I've had the shield. I've had the 380 shield. Um, unfortunately, I gave that, well, didn't give it. I um, made sure it was transferred to my one of my ex-girlfriends because she was working at a hospital. And when she went out to her car at night, she was afraid of where she was at, our hospital in northwest New Mexico is kind of in a seedy place, so that made sense. Um, and I will always be err on the side of saving someone, even if we have different opinions later down the road. And call me whatever you want for that, but I am a huge 2A advocate. What is really cool about the MMP, if you like them or don't, um, if you like them, you know this. They have the same or very similar grip angle to a 1911. That's why American shooters like it. The Glock grip angle is different. It's a little harder to get used to, and you have to train yourself around it as an American shooter. At least a little tiny bit, especially if you grew up on 1911s. 
which is what I did. That said, the MMP is reliable. It's at a decent price point. It has all the features of a modern pistol. Having it in a 5.7, having the Rock from PSA, having the Ruger 5.7, and having the original 5.7 from FN is a good thing. More options for our community means that we get to get prices adjusted because there's going to be more options on the market, which every time you open the market, the market responds and more people will buy it. What's going to happen with this is now that there's not just these three little dudes or four little dudes or three little dudes in the market, the ammunition will become more plentiful to feed those four. Expect places like SIG or manufacturers like SIG, Beretta, maybe even Glock. I don't know. Glock hasn't really innovated in, you know, 30 years. They try to say they have as much as I'm a fanboy of the Glock. Um, that's because it just works. I am not a fanboy of their innovation. Their innovation kind of sucks. The next thing I saw came from TFB Outdoors, or TFB TV. Uh, Hop again shows off a Beretta, which is a semi-automatic, similar to the M4, but it looks like it's going to come in at a price point. I didn't get to hear the price point closer to what a working man could afford. Speaking of working men, I have a Bursa pistol. I've had three of them. Um, both of them have ended up in being transferred to other people who were in need. Um, they couldn't handle the recoil from something else. Oddly, the Bursa, you would think that would be a thing where they're like, wow, they're, for this amount of recoil, you could get into this. However, it was just enough for a 9mm to be a little bit more poppy that these people settled on this. Now, with my Bursa, what have I experienced? No bad adversity. I've seen the stuff on the website. I've seen what they've... Uh, not on the website, on the interwebs that show bad versions of the gun. I say that with all uh, bad versions of a product. The Thunder 380 has been... 100% reliable. That's what I have. It is. It was as close as I could get to my one of my gun items I have to die, get before I die. The Walther PPK, it is not the same. It's closer to a Beretta in reality. It does have the blowback action, but most of the controls are closer to modern iterations. But why I bring up Bursa is Bursa is bringing a AR-15 to the market. Now, Bursa's made in South America. That's what keeps them so cheap. And you don't get all the... How do I put... You, don't, you get one mag when you buy a Bursa pistol. You have to buy the accessories. Because... And there's not a huge lot of market support for it. Them entering the AR-15 world says to me that number one, the AR-15 is America's platform. Everyone knows it, including companies in South America. They also have realized that it is in their benefit to make a gun that the market demands. Is this like an Omni, or is this like an Anderson? I don't know. Odds are that it probably has some pretty decent parts. It may have some teething pro issues, 
but then bringing an AR-15 to market means that there's probably going to be another entry into the AR market space. Yay, I know there's not a lot of us that are huge fans of, well, the AR-15 can only go so far. Um, and I'd like to see more innovation. That's why I kind of like SIG's direction they're heading and HK's. But I definitely see that this is a good thing. Um, just like Palmetto State Armory, anytime you start maximizing freedom by making this available to the masses, the better it is for our community. So those are the three things I've seen from SHOT Show this morning to talk about in addition to, or to spread the word of, to see, look out what's coming in the market for SHOT Show 2023. There will be more. I've seen Primary Arms release more optics. I've seen another optics company, um, Iraq Veteran, uh, Chad with Iraq Veteran 8888. He did um, an episode about an optic. I suspect that's at SHOT Show. I'm pretty sure that my Go Rogue friends, the guys that make the cool bullets for uh, lead cast bullets with a polymer coating, these guys are probably there to show and spread the word of their product. Their product is amazing. Um, and they may be just out there checking it out to see what they're going to do before they get there. But I think it's cool that Lance has taken himself and his girlfriend, fiance, whatever she is. She's awesome too. Sally's awesome. Up there to see what they've got. It'd be interesting to see what comes from SHOT Show this year. Um, a lot of the stuff right now is focused around the politics that have just happened. I got word this morning from a very close friend and listener um, that he had spoken personally to Ryan Lane. And Ryan Lane said that these the bills in New Mexico, who's a representative of Aztec, he's also a very cool cat. Um, I couldn't speak highly enough about Ryan Man has a lot of character. I just hope the swamp doesn't corrupt him. I think with him and Ryan Montoya, those are the ones in northwest New Mexico that are probably the most vocal and probably the most obstinate or chances we have at stopping the stuff that's going on in New Mexico. Ryan Lane specifically says that he thinks these bills will never get off the floor, never get past committee. I tend to kind of agree, but I don't want to put my faith in a politician. Uh, no offense, Ryan. I know you personally. You're a great individual. You've done a lot for our community in Northwest New Mexico. I just have zero faith left in politicians. Why does he think that these unconstitutional gun bills will die in New Mexico? Is because there's a lot of budget fighting going on right now for other things that are going to take up time. And what will end up happening usually, if you've ever seen how the sausage is made in the political space in New Mexico, it is unpleasant. And what is interesting about that is they do stupid things to gun guys. So let me give you some experiences I've had with them. And I know this happens because I've talked to other people, um, not just in the 2A, it happens in general if the topic isn't popular or they want it to go away and die. Um, my former boss, uh, Mr. Carpenter, great man. He had been to many se uh, sessions down at the Roundhouse. And what they do is they will reschedule a meeting where you're supposed to be able to talk about the issue at hand in a place you can't get to in the time frame. So imagine 
they schedule the meeting on the third floor of the roundhouse. You're supposed to go up to this one office or something. You get there and you find out they moved it to the basement or to the first floor. And you have to scramble to get through the crowds that are there to get to this place to start talking. That's bad if you're trying, if you've only been again 30, 30 seconds at the best to speak about whatever subject it is. Now, I know they've done that with things like, this is going to be a touchy subject, especially in northwest New Mexico right now, and I covered it on You Don't It, You Eat It. There's been a lot of threats against schools. Um, again, you this was a threat of violence. I see that as stochastic terrorism, as I said on You Don't It, You Eat It. But then, after our shooting in 2017 in Aztec, he went there to try to advocate that if along with a lot of lawmakers, especially in northwest New Mexico, that if you make a threat towards school, it's a terrorist threat, is what they were trying to go after. Something could be done. The clowns in the roundhouse fought him and fought all the lawmakers trying to do this. And why they did that was they thought it was a good, uh, this was 100% protected free speech. I'm sorry, free speech, I'm an absolutist to a, a lot of a degree, but when you threaten kids or threaten schools, threaten staff members, that's not the way to go. That is terrorist, especially in today's environment. And I don't know very many 2A people that are okay with you threatening kids. Um, defending kids? Absolutely. You should be out there protesting any of the child drag shows uh, when I say that. There are child drag shows, as much as they like to not say that is. Check out Twitter, check out the world, the internet. You will find countless examples where this happens. And you want to shut down the left the quickest way possible. Say, you know, I don't know about that, but I'm not cool with this. And then show them some of that stuff. This is how we win the fight. We win heart and minds. How do you win hearts and minds in New Mexico? You show them the way. You have to lead them to the water and almost drown them in it. And in the roundhouse, this is specifically the case. What usually moves mountains, just like everything else in the world? Money. And New Mexico only has three tax streams or three revenue streams that matter because our population is so low. One of them is oil and natural gas. Despite what the world says about oil and natural gas not going to be there after so long and them taking steps to try to ban everything from cars to natural gas stoves or gas stoves, I'm laughing because the severe stupidity is hilarious. Um, it's not going to happen. The second revenue string are the land holdings the United, that New Mexico has. They lease land to cattle ranchers. They lease land to oil exploration. And the proceeds from that usually goes to infrastructure and schools. The third revenue stream is brand new. It's the cannabis industry. And what I've noticed, the little bit of research for, actually quite a lot of research I did, looks like there's three primary tax buckets, which is great for communities and great for the state and again i've said this before i inhaled what i was in school i don't now because i don't want to be a prohibited person that doesn't mean that i don't support the industry um, but freemen don't ask permission where i was going with this the cannabis industry has a third of their taxes go to the state 
a third of their taxes go to the local uh, city or municip municipality that this is held in, that the dispensary is held in, and a third goes to the county. So while I don't agree with Grisham for a number of reasons, this was probably a good thing for the United States and for America and for New Mexico. Let me explain why. In you know, 1986, 1987, if you looked at the concealed carry versus the constitutional carry map, it was bleak. There wasn't as many as there are now. Now, the law of the land seems to be at least half of the states have come to shall issue in one way or another or constitutional carry. That means that it is the plurality of states. Okay? that support the Second Amendment. That same type of thing needs to happen to the cannabis industry. Why? Prohibition does not stop bad behavior. Sin taxes don't stop bad behavior. And no one in the political space understands that. It deters only law-abiding citizens in that they don't want to get entangled with the law. Criminals never obey that law. So, with that, why would we criminalize something that has the same mental and physical attributes as something that is totally legal like alcohol in our space? Why are we still prohibiting people from something like I just said? has the same detrimental pro uh, problems as alcohol. This is one of those things that I agree with Iraq Veteran 8088. There are two things that I know of. I know of veterans that have taken cannabis or smoked cannabis or whatever, however they imbibe it, that it has helped them get past the PTSD from us going to fight wars that we had no business being in. They've done that with microdosing hallucinogens too. The drug community had a huge industry push to keep things away from being legal if you look back at the marijuana specifically it was added because it was a racial component that was there they believed that the black populace liked the stuff and to stop them from being out of their minds and being bad influences they banned marijuana it's now a schedule one drug what they should do is pull that off the cannabis or off the schedule one problem. We have bigger fish to fry. If you live in the Southwest, you've seen fentanyl. If you've listened to a police radio anywhere, you've heard people overdose and the cops responding. We've seen the videos of cops just doing their job, touching some of this and ODing. If that stuff's on the street, that needs to go away. Cannabis is the last thing that would do that. Criminalizing it allows people to do stupid things like mix fentanyl with that. The regulations, as much as I hate the government, probably, well, no, probably, would stop a lot of these deaths. It would also mean that we'd have more places in prison to put people that actually need to be there. The child molesters, the rapists, the murderers. Do I believe in the death penalty? I used to. There was a huge 
debate with one of my really good friends, and he raised a very good point, and then so did a lot of my other influences that have been around there, that said, you shouldn't ever trust the government with someone's life. Think about that. You convicted them, you put them in jail, and how many times do you trust the government that they made the right decision and that they're going to put someone to death based off of how the system works. If the system worked, half of these, if not more, of these politicians would be gone. They'd be in jail, never be able to hold office. That's not the case. You see them time and time again convicted of crimes, outright crimes, at the state level, the federal level, nothing gets done. The only way we fight this is ending prohibition, whether it's ending it on drugs, ending it on the firearms community. We have to be together on this. And why I keep advocating for something like this is cannabis has never been a popular thing in the United States. It's popular in that a lot of people use it, but no one comes out publicly and uses it. Why? Because there's a stigma around it. But what they've noticed was that there was law enforcement agencies and the government noticed was that there was a broad ignorance or ignorance, I should say, not ignorance, ignorance of the law. And they still use this despite what the government said. And that led to them starting to legalize it. It's now, last I heard, 20 states, not 25, that have legalized this, including New Mexico. That's a revenue stream that could fix a lot of things, relying on the government. Yes, I don't like the government. Yes, I don't know that we should do that. Give them more money, because they have a spending problem. But, maybe, just maybe, if we maximize freedom in all spaces, they'll realize what the hell they're doing wrong in the two-way like share subscribe be great